Okay, are you ready for the Word of God this morning? Okay, well, we're going to have a good time this morning. We're finishing up the series called Mental, and this is week eight, and we are talking about what a healthy mind looks like, and I gave you four things. Uh, actually, I gave you three things. I'm giving you the fourth thing this morning. But number one was a healthy mind knows that they are 100% accepted and loved by God. This is number one. When you have this right and, and you understand how God feels about you, when you understand that God loves you, you understand that you're the righteousness of God, you're going to be in a good place mentally. There are a lot of people that struggle with condemnation, guilt, ongoing condemnation, guilt, things like that. And that's not, that doesn't put you in a place to be in a healthy mind. Number two, a healthy mind is full of contentment and gratitude. In other words, this person, this, this mind focuses on things that they are thankful for, things that they are grateful for, and doesn't always look at the negative or the problems or the issues that are going on. You know, you heard the expression, glass half full, glass half empty. What type of person are you? Do you see it as half full? Do you see it as half empty? Well, a healthy mind is intentional to be full of gratitude and full of commitment. And that is a, is a choice to meditate on certain things in your life and, and not, not meditate on other things. And then thirdly, a healthy mind, we said, is not self-focused, meaning that we are not here to live for the self and, and our own pleasures and our own desires and our own will, but we are here to live for God and others. So to serve God and serve others. Uh, so a healthy mind is not self-focused. And lastly, a healthy mind has very low stress and anxiety. Now, you know probably in your own life and in our world right now that stress and anxiety has exploded. It's, it's a bigger problem now than it's ever been. And we could talk about the reasons why that uh, could be the case, but it just, it would be a lot to unpack and examine this morning. But a healthy mind has very low stress and anxiety. Now, the reason I saved this one for last, the reason I saved this one for last is because this is where everybody tends to focus. But you could try to fix that and not have the other three things that we talked about. You could try to just, but really stress and anxiety are symptoms of, of the other things. So it's not like the root or the main cause. That's why you have to get these other things correct and these other things straight before you just start trying to jump straight to stress and anxiety. You can learn all these tactics to deal with stress and anxiety, but if you don't have that relationship with God right, you don't have that heart of gratitude, and you're, not, and you're living for yourself instead of for God, you, you're going to always deal with that. So you've got to focus on the first three, but the last one we are going to talk about this morning. Now let's talk about uh, let's talk about the power of thought because uh, I brought my whiteboard this morning, and y'all know I'm not the greatest artist. Some people made fun of my head last time, said it looked like an afro, but it it was really just a really big head. It wasn't actually uh, an afro. I didn't even practice this this morning. I norm I was gonna normally I practice. Uh, let's see what we could do here. Big chin. Okay, looks like a moon, sort of, but that's a head. All right, that's his hair, ears. Okay, that's good enough. Just doesn't quite look right. There we go. So anyway, that looks like a third grader <laughs> drew that, but I really can't draw better than that. But 
So let's look at this, okay? In here, of course, is, is the mind. And what I want you to understand is, th this is really the big point that I want you to get at first this morning, is that, and we've talked about some of these concepts already, but basically a thought comes into the mind. And that thought has the potential to produce biological responses in your body. Now let's focus on that point just for a minute, okay? It's, it's crazy to me that you could start thinking about something right now that would begin to cause biological responses in your body. One simple example of that is if you started really meditating and thinking about uh, your favorite dessert, you could begin actually, you could begin to salivate. In other words, you, you could, it could actually cause biological response. Your stomach could begin to growl just by a thought, just by thinking a thought. There, there are thoughts that could uh, cause you begin to sweat. There, there are thoughts that could actually elicit tears from your eye just from a thought. It's, it's amazing to me that a thought is that powerful that you could just have a thought and all of a sudden all these biological systems start reacting in your body almost outside of your outside of your control you could think you could have a thought that would cause your breathing to pick up and you begin to experience heavy breathing you could have a thought that would cause your heart rate to pick up and start racing and we're just barely scratching the surface and if you really want to know what stress and anxiety is what they are it's really just something that we've labeled, we, we've given it that term, but it's really describing a biological experience that your body is having stemming from and beginning with a thought. No, you don't actually, when we think of stress, a lot of times we think like, oh, I'm under so much stress at work. No, you're not. No, you're not. That, that you ha you're just having circumstances at work, but the stress is actually in your body. It's the biological response that's coming from here. When you think, oh, I'm just having, I'm having so much stress in my marriage. Well, actually, your, your marriage, there's, there might be problems and issues there, but it comes from a thought that is in your mind that is controlling these biological responses in your body. Uh, here's the process. Here's the, the biological and the, the scientific process of it. It begins with a thought that is stressful to you. By the way, a thought that is stressful to you and causes all these problems in your body, it actually may not be stressful to the person next to you. I, they could have the exact same situation. I'll give you an example. Whenever Jesus was in the boat with his disciples, remember, and the storm was coming, they were having all these biological responses of fear. They were freaking out. They were nervous. They were, they were panicking. Jesus was calm. So the situation, some, some people might say, well, the situation was stressful. No, the thoughts were stressful. Because they all were experiencing the same circumstance, but Jesus was experiencing no stress. No biological responses of fear. No biological responses of worry. He was at perfect peace. And actually, it bothered the disciples because they said the situation is stressful. That was their mindset. So you should be stressed like we are. You should have anxiety like we do. But they didn't understand what we're talking about this morning. The situation was not what was stressful. What was stressful was their thoughts and reaction to it. So it begins with a thought. 
And that thought begins a series of biological responses in your body. Number one, it, it begins in the nervous system. Stress activates the sympathetic nervous system leading to the fight or flight response. And so that goes into the, what I was talking about earlier with your heartbeat and your heart rate and the sweating. This response prepares your body to confront or flee from a perceived threat, increasing heart rate, blood pressure, and breathing rate. So that's the first thing that happens. Now, this is a scale, right? If you, if you walk out of the door and like your husband or somebody, one of your friends is waiting behind the door and they just like jump out and scare you, it's going to kick that into gear like really fast. And all of that's going to just flood your body instantly. But mild stress does the same thing. It's not to that level, but it does the same, it does the same thing. And those responses in our body, they're not meant to be long-term. They're meant to be short-term, and they, they serve a purpose for short-term, for short but if you live in that state, your body begins to break down. So it begins in the nervous system, then it goes to the adrenal glands. The adrenal glands release cortisol, which helps regulate energy production. Cortisol mobilizes glucose and fatty acids, providing quick energy for the body. We know from science that, again, if this process is anything other than just a quick response to the situation and it's long-term, then it actually leads to us storing weight, putting on weight, and becoming obese as a result of this, of stress. So it's a biological response, but remember where it begins, the thought. Number three, it affects the immune system. Short-term stress can temporarily boost the immune system, enhancing its response to potential threats. However, chronic stress can weaken the immune system, making you more susceptible to illnesses and delaying healing processes. Digestive system. During stress, blood flow is redirected away from the digestive system, leading to decreased digestion and absor absorption of nutrients. It can cause symptoms like stomach aches, nausea, or changes in appetite. Sometimes people are experiencing all kinds of problems in their stomach, like we just described, nausea, stomach ache, uh, changes in appetite, and they're trying to figure it out from every, every different medical scientific area, and sometimes all it is is stress. They're living under constant stress, and their, their digestive tract is being destroyed by living under so much stress. Musculoskeletal, the, the musculoskeletal system is next. Stress can trigger muscle, muscle tension, causing muscle stiffness, headaches, and body aches. These are all your biological responses to what we call stress, but remember, stress really is just thought patterns and ways of thinking that you are having in your mind. The Bible answers all the questions for this. The Bible has a way for human beings to live stress and anxiety free. Let me tell you a revelation I had to have with this. Stress and anxiety are almost always abnormal. But that's not how we think of it. We actually think like the disciples that stress and anxiety are normal parts of life. It's normal that our job would cause us it's normal that our finances would cause us stress. It's normal that raising kids would cause us stress. Actually, that's not the Bible's point of view. The Bible's point of view that stress is an abnormal state. The normal state is perfect peace. What did Jesus say? See, y'all just looking at me blankly, some of you. I didn't even get any amens because y'all are like, what? I don't think so. Yeah, Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. 
That's the state that we're supposed to walk in. That is the ideal perfect state. Let me ask you this. Do you think there's any stress or anxiety in heaven? Because Jesus said you should be praying that the will of God is done on earth as it's being done there. Now, we're not going to live perfectly stress-free lives. I understand that. But the dial needs to move quite a bit. And this, this generation is struggling with this. Even young people, or I should say especially young people, are struggling with this more than, more than ever. Social media has a huge part to do with that. Constant access to instant news and information on a global, worldwide scale has something to do with that. You know, I'm not against any of these things, and that's why I don't really want to get into all those causes. Because, but, you, but if you think about the way the human body and the human mind is built, it's not, the average person is not meant to carry the world's problems on a global scale uh, in their just normal day-to-day -day life. And when you're reading, new, oh, this is happening in Ukraine, and this is happening in Russia, and this is happening, and this is happening in the generation, and oh, this health scare, and oh, this disease, and oh, this political scandal, and oh, this is going on halfway across the world, and you just are constantly feeding that into your mind, just input, just, just thoughts, thoughts, thoughts coming in. Listen, don't think that doesn't have an effect on you. It does. And we are responsible, actually, to guard our mind and guard our thoughts of what's coming in and what, what type of thoughts are coming in. And there's a lot of thoughts that when they come here, they need to be rejected and they need to be sent that direction. Because I just don't even have the time or energy to be thinking about that. Um, and, it, and it's not anything I can change. It's not anything I can do about it. So why would I carry the weight of that? Why would I, why would I carry the burden of that? So it all, all stress and anxiety begin with a thought. Now, a lot of people uh, are not used to disciplining and regulating their mind in this way. But an undisciplined and unregulated mind is going to be a mind that is full of stress and anxiety in this current world. Because the inputs are so constant from every direction. Okay, between the TV, between social media, between the internet, there's so many inputs that are coming in that are stress-inducing, stress-causing, that if you don't discipline your mind and choose what you think on and what you feed on and regulate what kind of thoughts come into your mind, you're going to find yourself living at least, at, at bare minimum, with just, with just this low-grade background stress that's just always there, always existing, and you don't even know where it's coming from. And at worst, it's debilitating and destroying people's physical bodies because of the biological response that they're, that they're having to it. Let me read what we get from the scripture in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. And I really want you to hang on to this scripture because this is setting the baseline and the ideal for how we should be living and walking. Isaiah 26, 3. Look at what it says. You keep him. Who is you in this passage? God. You keep him. Who is him? You. Me. God keeps you in perfect peace. Everybody say perfect peace. God keeps him or her in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you, on him. Because... He trusts in you. So there is a state of being called perfect peace. 
And actually, the Hebrew word is shalom. This is the word we're all familiar with. It's how they greet each other in the Jewish culture with the greeting of shalom. And really, it's a prayer. What they're saying is, the God kind of peace be to you. Paul opened his letters with this a lot of time. Grace and peace from God our Father to you. He, it was almost a prayer for perfect peace. Did you know there is a state of being that God can bring in your life called shalom? That is perfect peace. The reason why there's two words in the English is because we don't really have a word that equals shalom. And so we, we try to, we're trying to explain what this word means because peace doesn't just fully explain it. It doesn't fully encapsulate it. But here's what the word means. It means completeness, soundness, welfare, and peace. It is also translated prosperity and even success in many cases in the scripture. And so what God is saying is, I will keep you in a perfect state of peace when you fix your mind on me. When you fix your mind on me. When your mind is fixed and stayed on the right things. What about when you let it, what about when you let it wander, when you let it go off on all sorts of things and, and you, start, you start worrying about things you don't need to be worried about? What about when you let unbiblical thoughts and all these other things and ungratitude and all these things come in, what happens? Well, what happens is you leave that perfect place of shalom. You leave it behind. But this is the will of God that he would keep you by his power, he would keep you in perfect peace when your mind is correct. So, so what is the secret to perfect peace? Your mind. It's, it's everything that's going on up here. And again, I want to remind you, it is our job to discipline and regulate our minds. Every thought is not allowed up here. Look, how many times, I hope you've done this a lot. I know I have to do it uh, quite a bit. How many times do you turn off the news or turn off the radio or turn off the cell phone because it's affecting your mind? I, ho I hope you do it a lot because it is affecting your mind. And, and there's a lot of information that's going in here that you just don't have the ability to process. Let me, let me, put, let me show you an another example. If you can imagine, okay, the imagine your brain as a shelf, all right, and you, you've got a lot of things you're supposed to be carrying, right? Your marriage, your kids, these are just all random items on your shelf, okay? Okay, your, your finances, all right, your role in the church, you know, your, your career, okay? That, that's your shelf space. And then people go, okay, yeah, but, you know, the, the uh, war in the Ukraine and then the, the political stuff and, oh, your kids' school and, and uh, their sporting events and, oh, and who's, who's popular and your, your shelf space. So what is, how does the shelf start to feel at a certain point? Very unstable, like a lot of us feel. You only have so much shelf space. And a person that is healthy has to recognize... I don't have any space for that. And I'm not booting out this or this, these things that are a priority so that I can fit something dumb that doesn't matter and worry about that. Look, there's a, there's a proper place for boundaries to look at even people in our life that we love and say, I love you so much, but that is your problem, not mine. Yeah. 
and you got your own shelf space and you need to carry that and I've got mine. Of course, we can love and help each other out and all of that. But you understand what I'm saying. There is an appropriate place to say, I don't have any more shelf space. And if I start adding stuff to it, I'm breaking down. Now, and here's another, here's another revelation. Everybody has different size shelf space. Okay, there may be somebody that their shelf is really big because that's just how God wired them. Maybe they understand a lot of what we're talking about. Their, their capacity has expanded over time to carry more and think about more. That's great. But look, if your shelf space is here and, and somebody else's is here, you can't compare yours to them. If you try to carry what they're carrying, it's going to overwhelm you. It's, you're going to crack. Now, you can, you can expand your shelf space. That's a whole other sermon. But it is what it is, right? It is, it is what it is today. And when you feel yourself starting to be stressed and carry anxiety, you can be sure you've reached the capacity of your shelf space. And you need to ask yourself, why am I carrying this? Why am I carrying this? Well, you know, people are dependent on me. You know, well, uh, that, I, and, you, and people start listing reasons. But here's the big reason. Did God ask you to carry that? That's what you've got to ask yourself. Did God ask you to carry that? Because here's what I found out. Um, anything God asks you to carry, there's a supernatural grace for it. And so if I'm carrying something that's just crushing me, one of two things have to happen. My mind has to change, and I've got to increase this, and I've had that happen where God says, no, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to carry this, but you're going to have to grow here. And there's other times where I'm, I'm experiencing stress or whatever, and it's because God says, I didn't ask you to carry that. That's, that's nothing you can do anything about. That's nothing I've asked you to think about, to give any thought to. And yet, you're not controlling and regulating your mind. This is why, guys, think, this is why so many of us live distracted. It's an epidemic of people picking up their phone and doing this. And so many times it's a response to stress. It's a, it's a way to alleviate that, tempor that stress. It's a temporary way to get our mind off of all the things that are causing stress in our lives. And so we pick up and we go to social media. Oh, why? Because I'm not having to think about all of this stuff that's wearing me out. And so I'm there, and it's just temporary. Or I, play, I start playing a stupid, you know, little game on my phone, Candy Crush. Or, you know, I start reading news, or I start watching YouTube. And what's the idea? The reason why this is so attractive to people and people are so addicted to it actually has to do with the stress level in their life. Because it's a way to distract themselves temporarily from, what, from all this stuff that's going on. And you have peace. It's a, it's a false peace, but you have peace while you're doing it. But then as soon as you turn it off, it just comes right back. So we're not living in that perfect place of shalom that the Bible talks about in Isaiah 26. We're, we're turning to simple pleasures to try and alleviate that and try to relieve that in our lives. And it doesn't work. And science actually shows that it makes it worse. Because what those things do is they trigger dopamine in our in our minds but it's a it's a it's a false way to get it it's a it's actually an incorrect way to get dopamine in your mind and in your body and so it leads to a crash afterwards 
So that's why you, we do it. We look at our phones. We're addicted to scrolling. What do they call it? Doom scrolling. You know, you just scroll or you're distracting yourself. And then as soon as it's over, there, you end up feeling worse than you did before because there's this crash of dopamine in your, in your brain. I actually was listening to a neuroscientist talk about this uh, not too long ago, few, several weeks ago, and he made the comment, and, and he didn't really take the time to explain the comment, but I remember I wrote it down because I'm like, man, if this guy studies the brain, he's not even a Christian, and he, he studied the brain, and he made this comment. He said, the explosion of ADHD and stress and anxiety in our culture is directly related to dopamine hits without the, the proper work to get that dopamine. And it's a, it's a, he, he talked about it and explained that the mind works, that the way we should be getting dopamine is from, for example, when you stand back after you've mowed your yard and, and you look and you go, ah, job well done. This feels good. And you get that big dopamine hit. And it's tied to the work that you did to get it. And he said, but you can't trick the mind. When the mind knows that it did no work to get that dopamine, it actually leads to depression. That's a whole other sermon topic we could get on. Philippians 4, 6. Again, the Bible has the answer for all these things. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about... How much is that? How many, how many things is it okay to be anxious about in your life? But see, it's so, it's so normal to us. We go, that's insane. What, what? We can't have anxiety about anything in our life? He said, don't be anxious about one thing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And what will happen? The peace of God, the shalom of God which surpasses understanding. It, it bypasses the mind, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So he said, don't be anxious about anything, and here's the, here's the answer, in everything, Instead of choosing to worry, think, strategize, you know, come up with your own solution, he said, instead of that, by prayer and supplication with, what did we say earlier? Contentment, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And through that process of faith, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Listen, so many of us, the, the stress and anxiety in our lives would change instantly if we had a habit every morning of doing this. If every morning we woke up to spend time with God and we wrote out the things that were causing that stress and, that, and we wrote them out before God and we made our requests and our prayer to God and we let that peace and that shalom come into our lives, we would live completely different. And there are people in this room that you are carrying things that God has actually asked you to carry. You're carrying things that's bigger than you are, and you, you don't have the shelf space to carry it yet, and, here, and your answer is right here in Philippians 4, 6. Because you're called to carry it, but you haven't developed the tools to carry it. And this 
passage right here, if you'll study it and you'll meditate on this passage, you're, you're actually going to get the answers of how to carry what God's called you to carry and asked you to carry. It's in, the answer is right here in this, in this passage. And then look at verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things. In other words, we are given a command to choose what we think about. You're, I'll say it again. An undisciplined and unregulated mind is a mind that is going to be full of stress and anxiety. An undisciplined mind that just thinks about everything that comes into it and is not regulated and every little thought that pops in, you just you think on it and you let that stay. Do you, do you know how many times a day you should be saying to yourself, I'm not going to think about that. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to worry about that because that's not my issue, not my deal. I'm not going to give any thought to that. Why? Because it's not true, it's not honorable, it's not just, it's not pure, it's not lovely, it's not commendable, it's not excellent, it's not worthy of praise. And if I choose to think on it, and I choose to, to, to entertain it, there will, be, there will be consequences that I'll experience for that. And I'm just going to tell you, as a pastor, I had to learn this very early on. Because there's so much to think about. So many issues going on. So many problems going on. I'm not everybody's solution. I'm not, I, I can't be God to people. I, have, I can only do what I can do. Lots of issues, lots of pain, lots of problems, lots of people needing help. But I can't, I don't have the, the, the shelf space to carry that. Only God has the shelf space to carry that. So I had to, number one, one is I had my shelf space had to grow. That's part, that's one. But, but also I had to learn what I was going to give place on that shelf and say, this, this isn't for me to think about or worry about. And then when those thoughts try to come in, you got to cast them out. And that's why I say it takes discipline and it takes regulation. I'm going to give you something that God gave me that just helped me so much. And it's going to sound very simple. Uh, but to this day, it's a guiding principle for me. All right, and we're going to dive into it as much as we can in the time that we have left uh, <clears throat> in the sermon. And this is it. It's very simple. Something that the Lord showed me. Anytime you are feeling stress and anxiety, it's coming from a wrong belief. Anytime you're feeling stress or anxiety... It is coming from a wrong belief, or you could say an unbiblical belief. Now, you may not sound, when you first hear it, you may not think, well, I don't know about that. But if you just stick with me, you'll, you'll understand it. And it, and it may, it, God really helped me with this. If you spend time with the Holy Spirit, and you work backwards from the thing that is uh, stressing you, bothering you, and you work backwards, you'll find yourself at the root and at the stem of what is going on uh, in your life. You'll find yourself at the root of what the real cause is. Once you identify that wrong belief, you can begin meditating on the Word of God in that area to help you change that belief. So let me give you an example. This is just one, okay? This, we could, we could do this with a thousand things, and we obviously don't have time to do that this morning. But let's just do it with one thing, okay? So you're feeling stressed, overwhelmed, full of anxiety, and it has to do with the pressure that you feel at work. Now, 
when somebody feels the pressure at work, it could be for a variety of different reasons. But if you start working backwards and with the help of the Holy Spirit, you ask yourself, why does that pressure at work bother me and where is it coming from? Maybe your answer would be, well, because people are depending on me to get my job done. So then you go, okay, so, are you, so you're worried that if you don't perform well, you're worried about how people will think about you or perceive you, and the answer is yes. I don't want to let them down. Okay, but why does that bother you? Now, you might think, well, it's normal that if I let people down, it would bother me. Yeah, that there, there's truth to that, but let's keep going. Why? Let's still answer the question, why does it bother you? Why would it bother you if you let people down? And what you will find as you keep working with the help of the Holy Spirit, what you will find is that you have an unhealthy approval addiction from people when actually you should be concerned about what God thinks about you. You'll find that a lot of times the stress is coming from, I'm worried about what man is thinking about me even though God is happy with me. Why am I so concerned about that? And as you work your way backwards, you will find that out. And what you will find is what I said in the beginning. You will find that every time you are feeling stress and anxiety, it's coming from a wrong belief. Even if you go, well, there's this bill that needs to be paid. I got this money coming up. Yeah, it comes from a wrong belief because the Word of God tells us that my God will supply all of my needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So if I'm, if I'm experiencing stress over that, then I don't believe that scripture. Therefore, I have a wrong belief. Every time you track it back, well, I'm worried about my, I'm worried about my kids. It seems like they're not serving God. Yeah, but the Bible, the Bible said that to train a child in the way that they should go, and when they're old, they'll not depart from it. Are you praying and believing that scripture over their life? Are you trusting that God is hearing your prayer and working in their life and working in that area? Then you have no reason to stress. So... Every time you are feeling that, if you'll practice this and you'll put it in practice, I know it's hard to believe it, but if you'll put it in practice, what you will find is every time you are experiencing stress, if you just say that to myself, this is coming from a wrong belief, let me track it backwards and find out what the root of this is. The Holy Spirit will begin to dismantle those wrong beliefs in your life. And here's the good news. As your belief system gets aligned correctly with the Word of God, your shelf space increases. Because now you have a belief system that can handle more stuff. It's not an overnight process, but it's the process that is laid out in Scripture. I want to close with this. I want you to think about with me the... Uh, temptation of Jesus when Jesus was in the wilderness he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights um, he was there and then you remember Satan appeared to him and Satan of course is trying to destroy Jesus's life he's trying to destroy the plan of God that he had for Jesus's life He's, he's trying to derail Jesus, get him off track. Basically, what, whatever he could do to slow him down, derail him, get him off track. And the first thing that he does, and really the only thing he can do, is he introduces a thought into Jesus' mind. 
Now, he spoke it with words, but, but really the words go into his ear and it becomes a thought. And the thought was, why don't you turn this stone into bread? And the temptation there, what he's really being tempted to do is to use your power for a selfish reason. Use your power not to do God's will, but to do your will. We're faced with that same temptation, which, you know, we're not going to get off on that. But Jesus, if you remember in his ministry, he said, I don't do anything I don't see the Father do. I don't say anything I don't hear the Father say. He was completely yielded and submitted to God. And what Satan was trying to get him to do was to get, out, get outside of that and, and violate that and use his power for his selfish uh, desires. So Satan said, man, if you're the Son of God and you got all this power, why don't you turn the stone to bread? What did he do? He introduced a thought into his mind. What did Jesus do? He immediately took that thought captive. He dismantled it with a correct thought from the Word of God, and then he, he responded back with that correct thought. He said, he said, no, the Word of God says that man shall not live by bread. Man shall not live by bread alone but only but by, by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So he took an incorrect thought, he, he brought it in, he attacked it with the word of God and corrected it and sent it back out. And then he comes and, he, and he, the, the process continues. He, Satan introduces a thought into his mind. Jesus, knowing and having the word of God in his mind, he, he dismantles that thought, he corrects it with the word of God, rebukes it with the word of God, and he sends it back out. This is, a, this is the process we're talking about of disciplining and regulating our minds. There are so many thoughts that are coming into your mind that are not even being checked and not even being challenged. So many wrong thoughts, so many lies in this, in this generation, so many incorrect ways of thinking just coming into people's minds, not even taking the time to go, wait a minute, that doesn't line up with the Word of God. Here's what the Word of God says, and correcting that thought and addressing it. And, and sending it back out and, and, and handling it correctly. So here's what I want you guys, I want, what I want us to understand. We are finishing up our series on the mind and having a healthy mind. And what I want you to understand is you can walk in perfect peace. You can walk in perfect shalom. You can walk in that. But it's going to do it's going to have to do with what we're talking about this morning. Now, if you have a thought, Jesus was so good at it. He had the word of God so strong in his heart. He could he could have the thought come in. He could immediately dismantle it and send it out. But there are some of us that have nagging thoughts that won't go away that easy because it's deeply rooted in us and that's where meditating on the word of God comes in. There are times that you may you may need to find 25 scriptures and renew your mind and meditate on that topic until that incorrect thought is dismantled in your life. Sometimes it's not instant. I've had to take things, I've had to take things from the Word of God and meditate on it for months to get my mind right and my thinking right in that, in that area. The Bible talks about the power of renewing our minds. Listen, if, if you look at our, our nation right now, and you look at all of the, the, the a whole generation and a whole group of people that are thinking the wrong way and moving the wrong way, it's, it's coming from this same process of mind renewal. It's just mind renewal in the wrong direction. 
And so the world is constantly feeding those thoughts, feeding those lies, even into people that just, they normally would think right. They're getting so much indoctrination and so much thinking in the wrong direction over and over and over again that before you know it, the beliefs are slowly changing. To believe the most absurd things and absurd lies, people's minds are beginning. Even Christian people. I talk to Christian people all the time on a regular basis that I, I say it this way, they've gone soft on things that are clear in the Bible, clear teaching, clear boundaries, clear things that the Word of God says. But because their mind's being renewed with the wrong information, they're, they're changing on those issues slowly over time. You'll look up in five years, our nation will be different because of it. You'll look up in ten years, our nation will be different because of it. But all Satan is doing is he's stealing a process that God created called mind renewal. And every time somebody picks up social media and internet and they just let those things come in unchecked, they're, they're participating in mind renewal. And those thoughts have to be unchecked. But listen, it's a process God created. And you can take your mind and you can scrub it, you can clean it with the Word of God so that your thoughts are like God's thoughts and your thoughts align with the Word of God. But if we're not disciplined to do that, we're going to experience the, the results of it. I, I recently took probably about four or five pages of scripture that I was praying for myself, put them in a Word document, and, and I printed them out for my children. My, they're getting up praying in the mornings, and, and I gave them this four or five page document of scriptures on different topics, on fear, on, about fear, worry, about being led by the Holy Spirit, about yielding to the will of God. I gave them those scriptures, and I said, I want you to pray these. Every morning, use this as a tool in your prayer time. Read these scriptures. Pray them over your life. Meditate on them. Why? Because they're going to be attacked in every one of those areas. The world's going to bring their opinion and their thought in every one of those areas, and they need to have the Word of God in their mind on those issues. So as believers, we've got to understand the power of mind renewal. It's a powerful tool that God's given us, but we have to use it to our advantage. Amen. Praise God. Let's stand on our feet this morning.